yeah honestly like gen z needs to sort themselves out a little bit and that's okay. including like that's i think that's my generation i don't know like there's still a lot of judginess and it's like you're all just becoming those quote aunties that you bitch about all the time but just in different ways Hello everyone and welcome to Chai with Rai, a life and culture podcast diving into the mindset and business of being a creative. I'm your host Rai and each week I bring you a guest or a fruitful message from the creative industry all while sipping and spilling some hot chai. Why? Because all good things happen around a hot cup of chai. Now, if you haven't done so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you love this podcast and are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, or wherever you are streaming this podcast from, if you could do me a kind favor and make sure to rate the podcast down below and share it on your stories, on social, and spread the word. It organically grows the show and connects us with listeners who haven't tuned in before. And overall, as I always say, it just shares the love. Also, if you haven't done so already, you can now become a patron, aka a supporter of Chai With Rai, by signing up up on Patreon for five pounds, or as I love saying it in this accent, five dollars and fifty cents. Each month, your subscription will help support the show, but also get you exclusive BTS footages, that is behind the scenes footages and some extra juicy bits. I will put the link for the Patreon channel as well as all the other info in the description of this episode, so make sure to check that out. But as of right now, let's warm up our cuppers and let's get into the final part of my chat with Vinay Jobanputra. How did you start dancing, by the way? I started dancing. My sister started. So my sister's five years older than me. She went to classes yeah. before me. I was being sent to football classes. Oi, oi, that's where Gary left. <laughs> <laughs> that's where all my lad knowledge comes from. Those yeah. three months of football that I had to do. Yeah, in <laughs> actuality, um, Vinay's <laughs> super straight. Vinay's Imagine like... this is all monetary for me. I'm just here it to... Is... Exactly. And it's all a facade behind behind this. It's all like Vinay, I just want to say Vinay was drinking beer <laughs> in be the fair. documentary and in life. So I just want to say there's a lot of heterosexual behavior that Vinay <laughs> showcases. So he likes the purse and it's all about the purse. Not the purse, God. <laughs> all about the purse and Vinay. Yeah, um, that's gonna yeah. be the title of the episode. My girlfriend's first. just like hiding there, waiting for this call to be over. She really is. She's hiding, <laughs> cooking for him, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's making my tiffins every day. In it, that's the tiffin service. Just saying, the clues are there, people. The clues are there. Listen, I'm not ready to come out as straight yet. Okay, so apologies. Public knowledge. Okay, cool. I'll edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, you asked me how dance, long I've been dancing. Okay. So yeah, I was going to football classes and I remember just watching, I remember go, being at these shitty football classes, freezing my tits off. And I, I remember like, I used to do the thing because this is what the coach would always shout at me at. Like, they'll just be like a full on match. And I don't know why, but I'd, I'd just stand like this the whole time, just like watching, and, like fighting <laughs> my nails like this. And like the coach is shouting me all the time and he'd literally be like, move your hand. <clears throat> that was not fun for me. That was not fun for me at all. Like I absolutely hated it. And then we'd go to like the Lester Mella and my sister would be on stage Doing Chikni Chameli, like, that's why that song is important for me, because that's what they were performing. I remember thinking, like, I would love to be doing that right now instead. <laughs> like, that is so much more fun. Like, it's more, like, exciting for me because I'm passionate about Bollywood music and I've grown up around Bollywood music. Why am I not doing that instead of, like, running around on the football pitch in the freezing cold? No shade to anyone who loves football, because, like, that might be your thing, but it wasn't my thing. But, like, I was kind of very much encouraged to enjoy it. And I didn't. But then luckily, like, my my parents, both of them, mum and dad, both of them, were like, no, like, if you want to do Bollywood dance classes, go for it. And that's when I started. And that was probably when I was, like, seven or eight. So I 
yeah, started at a very young age and that was really fun. Um, I enjoyed it. And I think at that age, I was probably like, not really thinking about like gender or like, I want to be doing, like there, there were definitely moments of like, the girls routine looks like so much fun. Yeah. But I never obviously at that point was thinking like, this is the gender binary at play. And you know, I'm being oppressed right now. Like I never, it was never that deep. It was more like, that looks like fun. I wish I could do it, but it's fine. Clearly I'm not supposed to be doing that. There must be a good reason why I'm not supposed to be doing that. So I did playing football. Yeah. I meant to be playing football or I meant to be doing boy dancing. Right. And then I think like getting older, I was like, okay, no, I'm having way much more fun doing like girl choreography, girl choreography and like being feminine with my movements. And also I was kind of, there were moments where I was like told that I'm, I'm being too girly with movements, even when I was just being me, like doing the boy movements. And it was like, someone, someone once said to me, like, this was years and years and years ago, but like one of the people that I was learning from said to me, you're doing that really in a really girly way. And it was like, not only like quite sharp for me to like, just listen to, but also like the reaction in the room also like made it so much worse because it was like funny. So like that, I think was like one of the moments where I was like, oh, there's clearly a reason, there's clearly girl choreography and boy choreography and even the boy choreography, I need to perform it in a certain way. I need to be more strong with it. And I'm just clearly too feminine. Who was the fucker? Do you want to name them and shame them? I'm no, done. I don't want to. The reason why I don't name them and shame them is because I feel like they're not like that anymore. I don't really? know. To be honest, like, we're not that close. I don't know them that well. I don't know if they're going to be listening to this, but if they are, I don't Do know. Do you know they're... your first dance teacher? Like, it'd be interesting for you, like, for you to connect to your first dance person who taught you, <laughs> like, your first dance company. Do you know what I mean? In the growth that you've had. Yeah, no, I mean... This isn't, this is, this experience isn't about like the first one or any like particular, well, it is about a particular one, but like it could be anywhere along the journey. I'll just, but like, also, I remember exactly what he said actually. And what he said, so there was that, but there was also one of the girls for a performance, one of the girls dropped out and he said, oh, well, Vinay, Vinay can just do it. But like, is this not- in London or is this in Leicester? Because then I'll know the name. <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> But um, yeah, he was like, Vinay can do it. But even that, it was like to tease me. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, Vinay can do it because he's genderqueer. So like, yeah. Vinay, it was like to take the piss. So like, there's been moments like that where I've kind of then been put off showing that side of myself through dance. Then Miss Lena Patel came through with her online Bollyfem videos, which meant I could learn Bollyfem at home in the privacy of my own room, exploring feminine choreography, learning femme choreography, and like no one could see me and no one could laugh at me. And I was able to sort of just dance and be me. And like that, I think was like the first times I was like, okay, I'm doing femme choreo. If that's, if there is such a thing, but like, you know what I mean? Like I was feeling feminine myself when I was doing it. And then I was like, okay, I, I'm really enjoying this. and I'm enjoying learning this style of choreography. And I feel comfortable because no one's here to laugh at me. No one's looking at me. Um, so I really like loved having those online tutorials. Then I started posting the online tutorials online and everything like people were great like no one ever said to me like you're dancing like a girl like what are you doing my mum once said to me something like why don't you start doing more like boy dances or like why don't you start doing some boy songs and one time I think I was taking a class and someone asked me for a song request like the teacher was asking for song requests so I said to my mum like do you have any ideas for like song requests that I can ask the teacher to teach and she was like please just do something like like I do do a boy song basically so I feel like I still, even though I was getting more confident in myself, I still had that at home of like, don't be putting videos out there online of you doing like femme, femme stuff. Because I was I was putting like Aja Nechile, like Lena's choreo to that and like proper like using my hips. And I feel like, yeah, on the most part, it was all very well received. And it was really nice to like connect. Because this was also COVID times, by the way. I realized I jumped like 11 years. Timelines, yeah. It's yeah. okay. We get it. <laughs> but 
then obviously in-person classes I started to actually you know I was in London for uni after lockdown then and I started to go to Bolly Firm and I feel like that was really key for like confidence but also just general training and then just attending more classes getting out of my comfort zone going to classes of different styles first year uni was great for like learning other styles because I did obviously like you said JB that was really fun that was my first ever like competition and then I also did the um, KCL Diwali show which was like my first time doing Bhangra Bhangra to like a I've done like Bollywood Bhangra before, but like this was actual Bhangra and that was really, really fun. I really enjoyed that as well. And then I think, yeah, it was in third third year of uni, I started Bolly Queer. And since then, I feel like that's sort of 80% of my dance life is like Bolly Queer focus now. So I have a question, which is like now, obviously you're part of some troops and like you do do work, which is the understanding that you have now. Do you ever question people when you have choreography that is you can kill me it's fine because <laughs> I've had this conversation with like Raheem I've had this conversation with Bolly I've had this conversation with Shiva because I find it really interesting that you're able to create spaces and do the work but then at the same time disassociate everything and do everything for a job it, it's fine to disassociate but then do you also challenge the norm because here we are talking about the fact and I do this all the time. Like I hate, like I hate the costumes and I'll be vocal about it. I really will be. I'll turn down gigs if like, I know what the costume is going to be like. Yeah, it's so a good question. So do you, do you feel like you're at that space where you can, you, you are now going to step away or <laughs> like, no, I need the money. So I'm, I have to do it. Or like, no, I want to do it because sometimes it is fun to do it. Like, what's your thought process and like around that question that I'm asking? See, I feel like for me, things have changed a lot now that I've got Bolly Queer because I've got the medium. I've got a medium to express myself through dance in a way that feels comfortable to me on my own terms. And that is really like so pivotal for me to be happy. Like I need that because I'm able to dance like how I want. I'm able to wear what I want. And maybe if I didn't have that and if I was just in this world of dancing like a boy and just doing gigs as a boy, that would probably be hard for me. And I feel like not, maybe it would be hard, but it, 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 would, it wouldn't be, I think I would feel a lot more unhappy if I was just doing that, right? But then the other thing is as well, is that like sometimes I am learning boy choreography in, term, in, the, in the language of what is used in, from the people that I'm learning from. And I love it. I'm like, I love this. I feel good about myself. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm being told to do boy choreography right now, which I personally don't agree with as a concept. And I don't think that should exist because I feel like anyone can do that choreography. But the choreography itself, I feel good doing it. And in that moment, I'm like, I'm being told to do boy choreography right now. Tomorrow I've got a gig where I'm doing Madhuri, Merapiya Garaya item song, but today I'm doing this. And I feel good in myself on both of those days because I enjoy both parts of my identity. Like I'm not, I've never said that I'm only into doing femme choreo. It's just Mm. that I want to have the choice to do both. In an ideal world, I'd have the choice to do whichever choreo, right? For, For any gig that I do. Obviously, we're not there yet, like with other companies and stuff. So, but I, I personally feel like, because I myself don't ever feel like dysphoria or anything, if I'm told to do boy choreography, I can do it and feel okay doing it because I know that I've got the other mediums to express myself. And I think that's why I'm sort of like able to, to crack on with those gigs. And I feel like as well, I do, obviously, like I'm very openly queer, right? I'm very like... Like it's on the telly now. So like, I feel like any company I know, any company that I work for now, it kind of goes without saying that like, I am going to be still a bit on my terms. Like I will have like painted nails for gigs. And if you're telling the girls that they can paint their nails, then 
I'm going to also take that advice on board. Like, I'm going to always have those moments of like wanting to, I don't know, like, I feel like it's just something that I've not really had to have any confrontation with yet, luckily. And I do also feel very fortunate. Like there are, like, you know, like Lena has literally said to me before, you can do whichever choreo you prefer. And like, I'm very fortunate to have that. It's not like that with every company, but like I have had that, right? And that's, that feels quite good. So like there is more flexibility now, I feel. But I find it also always interesting, like in Havington Bollywood gigs, people talk about the double standards that women experience all the time, like in terms of being sexualized and things like that and having mm-hmm. to fit a specific mold. But if we're just talking in terms of dance and the conversation that we're talking about, I find it interesting that female choreographers will teach male choreography, quote, I'm doing air quotes right now, or make up male choreography, and it will be expected for the boys to learn it. Whereas when the boys teach female choreography, sometimes it's not well reciprocated. Or if we're doing a gig, and mm-hmm. let's say a boy pulls out, the girls can still do Malhari. But, yeah, if, yeah, the, yeah. but if the boys decide to do, I don't know, Pinga, that becomes a problem unless they're like, I don't know, unless they're classically trained or there's a moment for them to be in that space. Or like Fevi calls say, it would have to be like very, very specific in that. But the girls can like fluctuate left and right. Like there is no tomorrow. Yeah, see, I feel like, to, to I, I agree with most of what you're saying in the sense that there is definitely, obviously, goes without saying, it's way more, like, socially acceptable. Also, I forgot that I have to specify that I'm doing uh, air, air quotes. It's fine. It's fine. Way, I feel like the time, boys... <laughs> every time I've been saying male choreography and female choreography, <laughs> I've been doing air quotes, just so everyone knows that I'm not, like, a fan of the binary. Anyway, yeah, so I feel like... While that's true, that I, I do also have friends who are like women in the Bollywood dance space who are also told like they need to be more feminine with their movements. Shiva's classes, Shiva was teaching and that for me I think was, was like a huge moment because obviously like that was someone who's visibly gender non-conforming teaching Bollywood but teaching like for me like for me it definitely was like advanced. I was like mind blown like trying to learn that choreography. That was the first time I'd been like really pushed to like learn challenging choreography and therefore feeling really good about myself being taught by another queer person being taught by someone who's like very like proud to be who they are and Mm. I feel like that's something in the timeline that was like really pivotal I also love the fact you say Shiva do you guys say Shiva say Shiva Shiva all right well enough about dance I'm interested to know rather than asking you the the questions about like sexuality and family and all things like that I ask this question quite a lot of people, especially who are like queer and like going through going through the world, having figured out identity and things like that and settling into spaces. I'm interested to know what lessons do you feel like you have learned from having those conversations, from going through those moments where necessarily, let's just say, quote unquote, hasn't been peachy and where you are now, would you have done things in a much more is is the is the word smarter yeah. the right way to say it? I don't know like would you have approached things differently does that yeah. make sense so yeah. I'll just give a bit of a back context like questions on my sexuality weren't a massive thing until sexuality was exposed to me through PSHE like I was just literally living my life happily abundantly not knowing what shit was about then I was like oh penis condoms sex woman man but this is how it (laughs) happened and then that made me question certain things and before I even knew who I was 
people already labeled me a faggot and like were calling me that. So I didn't have a time to like figure out how I wanted to be. And then in terms of like being non-binary and fluid and things like that, like being in the entertainment industry and like working in fashion where you wear skirts, you wear dresses, you do everything. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was already being conformed to do everything before I realized, yes, this is me. And yes, that was great. And yes, I also don't have a relationship with my mom and like blah, blah, blah. But the lessons that I learned out of it were like, I would have loved to have ownership of my own experiences. But do I regret how it happened? No, I think they were meant to happen and they've given me an outlook on life. So yeah. I feel like maybe I relate to you, especially on the the last bit that you just said of like, all the things that have gone wrong, I'm like very okay and comfortable with the fact that they they went wrong like in the sense that in the moment obviously it wasn't nice and it's like it was a lot but like I'm very much like not I wouldn't go back and change stuff because I feel like things have unfolded in a way that have like made me like and it's like so cliche but like have made me like really who I am now and like things in the moment felt really shit especially with like mum stuff and all of that but like I think all of that like has taught me a lot and it's still teaching me a lot and I feel like yeah, I think I've, one thing that I've learned, though, is that, like, I, I need to not... This maybe, like, comes through a bit in the documentary as well, I don't know, but, like, not using that experience that I had, like, that difficult experience to predict and for foreshadow, like, and forecast what other people's reactions to me are going to be. Mm. So, like, I think a lot of the time, like, I'll be quite... Well, not anymore, to be fair, but, like, back in the day, like, at the start of the documentary and before the documentary, I was very much like, well, if my dad doesn't accept me, then that's his problem. And, you know you know I've I've had one parent's already gone so like like being like such a little bitch about it you know what I mean because it's coping that, mechanism it, yeah it's like 100% it's a coping mechanism and it's like a wall and it's like you just want to make things easy for yourself so you're like well it's fine whatever like I don't care I don't need to explain anything I don't have to explain who I am but like if you just have a conversation sometimes and not and you can't always sometimes it doesn't work like that right but I didn't even really try I was just very much more like on the defense of like how can you not understand me after everything that I've already been through? You're meant to understand me the most. Why are you not getting it? And like, we have come so far since then, just through like conversation, talking. Like he was the one encouraging me to go to those football classes. And now he's the one saying like, why have you not done Bollyquin in more cities yet? Just thinking of like the shift in his perspective has shown me like how much growth is possible for anyone. And it's like changed my perspective on like so many people because like a lot of people are able to grow and learn and it's not the best idea to just completely be like cutting you out that like absolutely I'm also very firm of like do protect yourself and I don't like this whole idea of like you've got to respect your elders and you've got to respect your parents and you only get one mum and dad like that's all absolute bullshit and I'm very much like no like if they're not willing to learn not showing signs of growth cut the motherfucker out like people say like you only get one mum but like you only like sometimes you only get like one organ, but like if that organ's failing, like you get surgery and you get it removed, isn't it? Because mm. it's you harm. And like that can happen sometimes. I think it's appendicitis. I don't know. I did maths, so I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the quote is actually a lot better than that. If I said it properly, it would have been stronger. I think it's like you only get one appendix. But if you get appendicitis, you take that bitch out. Anyway, not important. Who but... said this quote about taking a bitch <laughs> out? I'd like to know. It's on Instagram. Right. I love your Instagram feeds, by the way. I think you should do so much more shit. Like, it should really? be- yeah, I do. Um, I was going to say this. I think in, in having all these conversations and I always say, isn't it interesting how firstly we all trauma trauma bond like crazy because of a lot of similar <laughs> experiences. But the second thing is, I think it's really hard to decode and kind of like 
fail maybe the language that I have and this is what I can say right now because I haven't evolved in vocabulary enough but there's these voids that that end up taking space and there's something about like recently it's been happening in my life quite a lot like I miss my memories and my culture through like let's say being with you being with your bar right like me being with my nanny being with my mom cooking in the kitchen making paratha and things like that and every yeah. time I've gone to make a paratha it just doesn't turn out the same way that it does when I was making it with her when she was making it and it mm. makes me so effing sad that I don't have that I don't have that connection and no amount of therapy that I have taken recently or books that I've read or people that I've talked to can replace that and there's a void in me that makes me feel like you raised me you gave me all these memories and these experiences and you've turned me into this person that I'm at and I just miss having you around in in sharing the joys of my experiences as well like I and I always say this I wouldn't want me I wouldn't want me to change you and your process just like how I don't want you to change me so I do have to let you be in the person mm-hmm. that you are and wish you well but I do miss that and I think it's also hard to disassociate our cultural experiences because we have grown up so culturally if you've grown up for example like as a south asian person and you you are dealing with gender or sexual identity and it doesn't end up turning the same way that you envisioned it in terms of like you're not accepted or you're not uplifted and that becomes your journey for the rest of your life that you become detached from it claiming or wanting to be part of your culture becomes a heavy thing you almost yeah. either end up becoming completely detached from it or you end up trying to pick up these fragments of like certain things and it makes you sad to go watch a bollywood film it makes you sad to listen to a song it makes you sad to eat indian food and it just like it, those things i haven't grappled with and i feel like mm-hmm. that is the I feel like you just like articulated so many things that we all feel. <laughs> I don't know like that felt really like you just said stuff that I didn't ever even know how to say. It really I just I wish the world was cuz our parents I I firmly do believe in the fact that our parents do love us. I I think they do wish well on us. They might not have the vocabulary to when we go through these experiences they say it out of fear it's not like they say it out of like being evil but at the same time i i wish to god man the world was just not as conformed in it what it was like even myself i'm conformed in certain ways and you've experienced that of course yeah like i think but everyone is right and like everyone's learning what you just said about like our parents lovers right like i feel like i've i've even had like as you said, like your relationship with mum's like yeah. similar to mine in the sense that there there isn't one, I guess. I don't know. But I don't know much about that. But like, do you ever feel like sometimes you you'll say things like that, right? That like parents lovers and like those are like obviously statements that can't hundred percent be true, right? For everyone. But I think like it depends on your meaning of love mm. and your understanding of love and where you're at at that point. I think that also takes it into precedence. Like if you have this notion of love is unconditional, I don't believe that. I think like everybody, every single person, even parents have conditional love. Even like I have conditional love. Even you have conditional love for your friends. Like there's certain barriers to everything or certain things Mm -hmm. that we can inhale. So I think you have to question love first in order to... The definition of that. Yeah. Yeah. But I like why, I don't know. Like I think like certain things like 
for example, like why would our parents feed us if they didn't love us? Like of a little toddler, why would they send us to school? Why would they make sure that we had clothes or yes, life might not have been peachy. Okay, fair enough. You were born and then you had to take care of your parent who was abusive and things like that. But why did they go through the birth? Why did they let you stay mm-hmm. with them? Like this, there's a lot of things um, that are maybe to question. Yeah, because I feel like it's hard, isn't it? Because I guess it comes down to what you said of like definition of love and like yeah. care, care can be different to love, I guess. Like, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I just find it interesting to like pick all of those things apart. I so agree. I don't know. I I I think where I'm at and where I've been for the last couple of years and gone through a lot of things, I couldn't imagine that a parent didn't love their child, especially having worked with like LGBTQ plus charities, having worked with like asylum seekers, having worked with like refugees and things like that. And the love that I've seen and the the parameters that I've seen around that, I don't feel like that I could say that without not knowing certain circumstances and I think like I don't know I think unless there's something really heavily psychologically wrong there's there's like there's which a lot the case with some which which can be, I think yeah you're right which can be but I don't know I would like to believe that there's a lot of love in the world and especially from our parents but somewhere along the lines it gets lost or disrupted by the harshness that we experience because our parents before, they also like, if we think about like generationally, they're like a different generation and what they experience hmm. shit like that as well. I don't know if I'm trying to make excuses, but if it sounds like I'm making excuses, maybe it does. But like, I think that has been like my healing journey of being there. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I feel like it's maybe it's just like such a case by case thing, isn't it? It's hard to say because sometimes like I'll, I'll think things like that. I'll think things like that, but then I won't let myself think things like that because I'm like, am I being naive by thinking that? And you know what I mean? Like, there's just so much going on, right? In these like little boxes. Sure. It's like, sure. is it? Is it? Is that? Is that something that I want to believe, or is that something that I actually do believe, or like, is that something that is true? But I don't want to let myself think it's true in case I get hurt again. Like, there's just so many things. Yeah, but I'm I don't agree talking with that. about my, my own messy thoughts now. No, I agree with that. I do think that uh, a we all need therapy. <laughs> we really do, <laughs> or there should be counselling like mandatory for every single person in school, um, yes. like alongside with financial talks for every single child and person, so we have the tools to fucking deal with shit. Financial talks definitely like one hundred percent. But like, just saying one last thing, I do think that you have to, like I don't want to ever be a victim of anything, and I don't want to think ill will of any single person, even if they thing ill will of me and that's something that I'm constantly working on that I don't want to do that for myself or for other people and I think that takes a lot of practice and it's hard to do when we've when we've gotten chipped and we're trying to put like plasters over wounds that need like proper healing time and shit like that (laughs) that actually need to be taken out and like washed and cleaned properly and we're just like no just put something over it we just need to deal with it because that's the culture that like exists right now even like you're with work and stuff it's like you ain't got time like cover cover that cover that wound up it'll be all right and then plot twist it's never all right because it ends up seeping into your every part of life no I agree with you like I was watching this 
Instagram quote, and I don't know why this is coming into my head, but it was about the fact that businesses are now sending people to like literally work from offices. And it was a picture of like six, seven or eight o'clock in the morning during rush hour, where people are like bewildered and like tired of crazy of their work. And then it showed rush hour when they were coming home, whereas opposed to like at home, they're like in their spaces a little bit more comfortable. And they were just like, you're meant to say that this is much more productive coming into the office. Uh, is that what they were trying to show yeah and they were like you can still be productive whilst you're at home like it's just about like so I was just like yeah I completely agree like there's this culture of like working hard working hard as opposed to being smart taking care of yourself investing doing the thing and like taking time like it really should be a massive thing Chad should we play some games and then wrap this up yeah games all right these are Quick questions and then we're going to play some games. Rapid round. Three artists in dance you really admire their journey or would suggest checking out their work. I've got five seconds again for this one. No, just Jaldi. Rapid round. Shiva, definitely. Shiva Rajandani. Kumari Suraj. I've gone blank. Is that an actual account or that's I've just gone like... blank. I can't think. Give me somebody third like... Oh, um, Denisha Patel. Denisha Patel. Three tips on monetizing or starting your own queer business. Have like queer people around you supporting you constantly. Like find queer family and friends because they'll be there like throughout all of the stress. And you need them to be queer. That's Straight like people a- won't do. Straight people no. will not do. No, absolutely not. They won't. Like you need to have queer people around you to grow if you are. I, that's honestly, I believe that. Stay true to yourself. Don't compromise your values. Like remember why you exist don't compromise for the coin it's never worth it believe this is so cliche but I genuinely mean it like really believe in yourself and like don't think that like you shouldn't exist because it won't work then three things the LGBT scene could do with or without I think we need like a a regular space that exists for like basically like queer South Asian nights exist but I think they should be more regular and like actually just exist all the time permanently so that like I can have a gay old boogie to a Bollywood song any night, not just on a specific night. LGBT scene, more sober spaces for like connection and chatting. Oh, do without, oh, I think they could definitely do without like focus, too much focus on like looks and fashion and like serving. Three things the South Asian culture could do with or without. South Asian culture could do with more cohesion with queer community, like at like mainstream South Asian events and mainstream South Asian spaces. So like queer South Asian spaces are great. That's amazing. But yeah, like, do you know what I mean? I think what's really, really, really important is that our generation and like the younger generation, we think we're all woke and stuff. And so many people like my age or like whatever are like, aunties are so judgmental, but are also so judgmental themselves and will still talk about people's outfits in a bad way, still sort of slut shame a little bit. Even those who are like, definitely think they're like on it and woke, like they're still contributing towards that culture whilst also criticizing the aunties that supposedly have been doing that. Do you get what I mean? Thank you. This has been a PSA for Gen Z. Yeah, honestly, like Gen Z needs to sort themselves out a little bit. And that's including like, that's, I think that's my generation. I don't know. Like there's still a lot of judginess and it's like, you're all just becoming those quote aunties that you bitch about all the time but just in different ways. Um, a great thing about being brown and queer and a challenging thing. Oh, I don't know, but or like, just I just want to say that like, as just recently, like I just love it so much. And I'm like, I can't imagine my life any other way. I think the main thing that makes me think that one is like the community, having community and having like really solid ties with people, but even not solid ties, just being there for people that you don't even know that well, just because of the mere fact that you're queer and South Asian or like queer and a person of color. 
like that solidarity I think is really amazing and something that I feel like I'd really miss if I was like born straight which you are and you're pretending don't tell anyone <laughs> Um, I think you would like someone to take away with them, either having met you for a brief second or known you your entire life. I think that I just want everyone to know that I'm always up for a giggle. A giggle. I just, I just want to laugh all the time. So like bants really like and good vibes. Bants and good vibes. Your favorite thing about yourself as a creative person or an overall person and something you feel like is a challenge and you're working on. One thing that I love about my creative practice is that it's quite messy it's sometimes a bit rough and like I really don't mind that and I think it sometimes shows through and it's okay because I think some people actually relate to that and it like helps my practice a bit it's that is also a challenging thing like also like obviously one of my the most challenging things I've found like just on a personal level with everything that exists in my life is like time management and like managing my time properly and then not panicking ah I would say not panicking would be your challenge yeah or like overthinking but I think that, oh yeah, to be fair, cherry on the, like, the top is overthinking for sure. And then it's like panicking and then time management. But I think all of those are linked. The trifecta. I think you would like to tell somebody, but you never got told. Be gay. Be gay. <laughs> Try being gay. Um, Give it a go. You never know. Can I make the title of this episode that? <laughs> yeah. Try being gay. Yeah. Just try being gay. <laughs> As a straight person myself, like I've tried it and it's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> what is the gayest thing you've ever done? Molly quit. <laughs> suck a dick, suck a dick, suck a dick, suck a dick, a dick, suck a huge or tiny dick. Have you seen that video? Yes. It's so funny. Um, if you looked in the mirror right now, what words of wisdom would you give to your mirror self? Honestly, I'm just not that kind of poetic person. Like if I look in the mirror and try and talk to myself, I would laugh. Okay, cool. So you'd say laugh. Yeah, have a giggle, isn't it? Have a giggle, isn't it? Just try being gay and have a giggle. (laughs) I'm not that... I I know it's like a really poetic and like lovely question that some people may have really profound answers to, but like I just can't... I could never do that. No, somebody... I think somebody once said that's not your eyeshadow colour. I don't know what you were thinking. (laughs) Um, All right, these are quick. Next thing, you got to be quick. If you're not quick, I swear to God, I'm going to do something to you. Um... Super Jai Play With Rai is the game section. If you were a movie, what would the original title of that movie be? First thing that comes into your head. Spaghetti Bolognese. Give me what Spaghetti Bolognese is going to be about in a sentence quickly. Four, three, two, one. Everything is straight until it gets wet. (laughs) (laughs) What three actors are starring in this? Do they have to be famous? No, they can be anybody. Go, quickly. Dinesh Patel. (laughs) he's <laughs> just getting so many mentions in this my dad got a okay. rap in there and my friend lucy all right fab if you were a drink what drink would you be part stella a food a dish or a cuisine uh what dish and what cuisine sorry bab haji and i'd be indian food fruit banana <laughs> if you were a dessert what dessert would you be chocolate murphy if you were a color what color would you be light gray clothing item socks Flower or plant in which type? A rose. Have you ever, is the next section, have you ever hooked up with a fellow artiste admirer? Not that I know, I don't think so. Okay, have you ever flirted to get ahead? No. Have you ever joined the Mile High Club, which is sex on a plane, or done anything public intimate? Are they the same question or two different questions? No, same thing. Have you ever, uh, you, you don't need to specify which one you've done, but yeah. Then yeah. Okay. Peed while swimming. Yeah. What would you rather, cookies or cake? Cookies. Rich or fame? Rich. 
win lots of awards or win lots of money? Money. Netflix or Prime? Netflix. World peace or equality? What the fuck am I supposed to say to that? World peace. Because through the, that is achieved through equality. Um, Jalebi or Gulab Jamun? Gulab Jamun. Cham Cham or Gajar Halva? Gajar Halva. Maggie noodles or Baz Shark? Baz Shark. Jalebi Ghatia or Patra Nubajia? Patra. Okay. All right, you got your last two questions and then you can go. Everybody loves a rant. You love a rant. <laughs> I love a rant. You get to rant for 30 seconds about anything and everything you want. However, you must start or end your rant with what the chai. You, your 30 seconds of what the chai. Make sure to include that in your rant. Start now. Go. What the chai. Basically, I applied for a parking permit like four months ago because I should be able to park outside my flat. But then Mary from the fucking council was like, you've committed fraud because you don't actually live at that address, which is absolute bullshit because I do live at this address and I literally have a tenancy agreement proving that I live at this address. But it turns out my landlord's not registered this as a proper address with the, the council, which is why she thinks that I'm committing fraud when literally I'm not. I just want to park my car at the house that I live in. Anyway, that's my what the joke. You want that included? Yeah, that's not bad. I, I'm not actually committed fraud. That is true. All right, your last question is, I'm obsessed with joyfulness. So I would like to ask you, what is one thing you do for yourself that makes you feel joyful? And what's thing, one thing you do for others that makes them feel joyful? One thing that I do for myself that makes me feel joyful at the moment is guilt watching Benidorm. It's like so trashy and it's so shitty, but just watching shit TV like just makes me so happy. Like that just brings me so much joy because it's just like an escape. You know what I mean? I think I bring joy to others through through dance. Like, and I feel like, I feel comfortable saying that because people people have told me that. Nice. That's nice to hear. Yeah, Vinay, question. Would you ever do drag? And how long are you going to keep this facade of being queer on for? Like, when do you feel like you're retired and go to, I don't know, Wales, sit down with a nice little girl, have a couple <laughs> of kids? Like, when's that going to happen, do you feel? One, I would do drag. And I have dabbled in a bit of drag myself in the past. Yeah. Um. Two... Just, you know, get absorbing all the money that I can from the quick wow. news at the moment. Watch um, the key space. Watch the key space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see. I mean, I'm going to start um, Bolly straight soon. I mean, yeah. I can actually, so I can feel like I can really be myself then, you know what I mean? Once Bolly says het kicks off, then I'll start being more open about my real identity. Well, everyone, that brings us to the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed that. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you never miss out. And don't forget to rate and comment on whichever platform you're listening to this episode on. You can also become a patron and a supporter of the show by subscribing for as small as £5 or as I love saying, $5.50 on Patreon. I will put the information of the artist on the episode and any of the links in the description of this episode so make sure to check that out but as of now i will leave you as i always do breathe in and breathe out namasko which means now i must go that is copyrighted and i will sue <laughs> until next time stay curious